Hi, I'm Rosemary. I'm Beatrice. And this is Not Without My Sister. 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 Jesus Christ, that was me doing the drum beat. Excellent. Great, Rosemary. How are you? How are you getting on without me? I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. Are you lonely during the day without me? Um, I'm lonely during the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I really miss you and I really miss the boys. Like, it is nice to have a bit of silence that I haven't had in a good few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's I quite nice imagine. to have that time to myself. Although I did imagine I was going to be more more productive than I am. And I'm also rediscovering what it's like to live with cats. Well, you lived with our cat. I lived with your cat, who is, I mean, don't tell Brandon, much nicer than his Oh my cats. God, I hope, I hope I this mean, isn't one of these situations where I say, Dan's never going to listen to this, and then of course he listens to it. <laughs> then he ends up editing it. Brandon's cats are not like, like, I lived with two cats before, and they were the most cute, affectionate little things. These cats have no interest in me, and will endure <laughs> being rubbed for approximately 10 seconds a day. Well, our, our cat, our cat only me. likes you in fairness if you're on the toilet. Oh my God, your cat is so weird. <laughs> Like anybody I've tried to say that to, I'm like, have you ever come across this before? Like, like Beatrice's cat, Vinny, is not like, is so agreeable, but is not super affectionate. Like won't come up and purr and like look for rubs, except for in the middle of the night when you were on the loo. <laughs> and you suddenly and hear this day, like you're on wild. And I mean, everybody's oh, yeah, probably like, suddenly... why is your bathroom door open? Because there are children here. And so there's no oh, point in closing it. And most of the time they come and practically no they come doors. and open the door and they're like, Mom, Mom, I needed to urgently talk to you about nothing urgent. And then they run away with the door wide open. You're like, yeah. come, never mind, yeah. come back. Or actually chance, like every single time I went to the toilet in your house, he'd be like, I need to go toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or he just wants to chat with You're you. like, there are three of them. sit on your, loo- yeah. on, your, on your lap while you go to toilet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Vinny obviously gets it from chance because Vinny comes like <laughs> running in, purring his head off, wrapping himself around your legs and then like lays down on his back to be rubbed in a way that he never oh, ever and does. And the minute otherwise. you stand up and leave the bathroom, is entirely disinterested. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Wait. Yes, when you leave the bathroom, yes. But when you turn on the tap, oh my god, he jumps into the sink. But the minute you leave the bathroom, <laughs> and you're like, oh, like let's continue this cuddling on the sofa. He's like, he's like, no, absolutely not. No. Get back in the bathroom, and I'm all yours. But no. It's like he's got some weird fetish. So tell me, um, tinkling. So I totally forgotten about these cats that you had. In, in oh my 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 cats in my previous yes, life I'd totally forgotten about them because although now that when you mentioned them there I was like oh yeah like Dexter and I couldn't remember the name of the other one Calvin right. Calvin yeah yeah, yeah. where those names come from yeah Dexter from oh, this is embarrassing Dexter from the TV show that's not the embarrassing part and Calvin from Calvin Harris I think I was going through what? a Calvin Harris fight Taylor a very Taylor one. Swift's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, they did date, didn't they? Not anymore. She's going out with somebody named Joe. Yeah, Calvin Harris, the DJ. I have to say, my heart sank there really paused. I was like, is that the wrong reference? (laughs) No, no, no. no, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm also correct. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
cultural references <laughs> a-okay but like Taylor Swift I mean we could do a whole episode on Taylor Swift's partners Benedict Cumberbatch enough Rosemary we're not going to be judging other women I'm not judging her I'm just like it's very oh, sorry you were jealous I didn't realise that was jealousy I thought I'm it was judgement I got the J so words jealous. mixed it's up always jealousy <laughs> the interesting bitch <laughs> All right, okay, so you had these cats and you treated them exceptionally well. I had these cats. But that was the big difference between, though, America and Ireland, right? Because I think mom is constantly shocked that, like, the cat does everything inside the house and is not allowed outside. Yes. So I got these two kittens. I got these rescue kittens from, I don't know, maybe just somebody I knew had found these kittens that needed a home. Or maybe it was from the vet. Anyway, and I was living in Stony Batter on my own at the time. I was living in this cute little terraced house. That had no hot running water, but that wasn't really the point. It was cute. I got these two kittens, like, from kittendom, from when they were very small. And, yeah, I used to let them outside. But, like, because they they were kind of house cats who occasionally went outside, so they never really went far. And they used to kind of... Well, I've, there were a couple of times, actually, the neighbours called in to say that they had found them in on their sofa. And they were like... Uh, <laughs> How do you find a cat yeah. on your sofa? Do you mean that they found I them think- and they put them on their sofas? No, no, no. I think they walked into the living room and the cats were like asleep <laughs> on their sofa. Just like making themselves Do the cats themselves get to go home. on your sofa? Because I mean, that's a big thing with like now our yeah. mom and yeah. the rest of the world, right? Like the cat is basically, the cat is relegated to the basement, right? The cat, get, I mean, and when I say basement in our house, it's like the downstairs, okay? The cat rarely gets, you know, yeah. cat sometimes gets to come upstairs. It gets to stalk around the house. It doesn't get to get too comfortable. And then it's shunted back outside. Because like that was the big thing when I moved here. And Don was trying to explain to me like cats live indoors. And I mean, I really struggle. Yeah. I was like, I don't really understand what you mean. Like, what about when the cat goes outside to like do its business? He's like, there is no going outside. The cat lives inside. And the cat literally lives inside. inside. Like it has and, all yeah. of its business yeah. inside. It, it The cat <laughs> never goes. The cat... On occasion, our cat, Vinny, on occasion, runs outside, sees, its, sees his opportunity, runs outside and then like stands bewildered in the middle of the garden because he doesn't know what to do now he's outside. Yeah, Vinny's, Vinny's brief moments of action are confined to within two feet of the door in either direction. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's where he's speedy and then he suddenly is like... I am outside. Where am I going? And then somebody's picked <laughs> yeah. him up. And he's like, oh, shit. Whereas like Irish cats. It happened again. I mean, now that, you know, what, when we started having this conversation, I was like, maybe this is not Irish cats. Because like our cousin's cat lived indoors very much. Maybe oh, this yeah. is actually only McCabe cats. And like, I actually hate to say this, but I'm now wondering if actually Irish cats also live indoors and only McCabe cats are forced to consider themselves outdoor animals and like survive. Do you remember one cat? I hesitate to say this, but I feel may have drowned under a leaf in a very, very bad thunderstorm because it was outside. I see you shaking your head and I'm starting to think like I shouldn't have said that, but is that a true story? It is safe to say that is a true story. It is safe to say that our parents have never been the most conscientious pet owners. And I almost feel like mom and dad moved to the country and immediately became like mercenary farmers in their thinking about animals. I would like to say, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, now going to take the place of mom. How oh. dare you? I have been an extremely good cat pet owner. I've gotten them all their shots. I take them to the vet when they're run over by a tractor. I do whatever I need to do to keep these cats and dogs safe. How dare you? Very conscientious pet owner. 
You know, mom, mom cannot understand. So mom and dad are now looking after Quillon, my dog, who will hopefully be coming over to the US. I mean, who will hopefully still be alive over. to come to the US. <laughs> Sorry, Beatrice. <laughs> yes, touch wood. But like, I've thought about that several times. But like, mom cannot get over the fact that Quillon likes to be inside with you. Uh, you know, she's oh, like Rosemary, she Rosemary. No, mom's you. just pretending. Earlier on today, I called mom and she went down. She was on her way down to the shops. Not enough social distancing going on, in my opinion. But anyway, she was in the car. I FaceTimed her. She was in the car. And as we were chatting, who was jumping around in the back of the car? Quillon. Oh, yeah. She loves to go for a yeah. drive. Yeah, she does, our mom. Loves And Quillon drive. loves one too. Yeah, I know. The two of them were in the car together. And I was like, our mom's like definitely getting a lot softer in her advanced years, in her dotage. She'd love that. You know, um, <laughs> you know mom came to stay with me one... Winter, it was when we had the really, really bad snow in Dublin when all the buses shut down and everything. And she was working in town at the time. So she came and stayed with me for like 10 days so that she would be able to get to work. I mean, I don't know why she didn't just stay at home and like take it as a She's a very conscientious. She was, she was very conscientious about work, yes, not about pets. Yes. Oh. But um, she came and she came and stayed with me. And I remember one day I got home. I worked a bit later than her. So, I, so, so like I got home at about seven and she was sitting on the couch and she had one cat in her lap and one cat in her shoulder and I've never seen her look so disgusted she literally looked up at me like what and she was like I just couldn't get them off me they were very cuddly those cats so they were very cuddly so they were basically allowed outside and they used to disappear all the time right which for a couple of hours you're a bit like oh where are the cats like probably I'm not the most conscientious pet owner either because there was one night that I went out to some club night in in the right venue which you've been out of Dublin for too long but that's like not where you'd be going I was I was obsessed with this guy who was going so I was like I have to go and basically right before I left the house the cats had gone outside it was snowing they had not come back inside they were approximately 16 weeks old I'm judging you Rosemary and I'm I was judging like, you Rosemary huh? I know it was so bad and I was like oh my taxi's here I'm actually horrified right now like, I'm actually genuinely horrified and you literally I left know. your little kitties you're, you didn't even leave, you left this bit out, out of the story previously 16 weeks old no no probably they were probably 18 like 18 weeks old 5 months old actually 20 horrified. weeks old yeah no it was really bad and then within about I was there Shocked. probably it was before midnight and I got a fit of the guilt and also the snow was getting oh. heavier so you I'm got like, a fit of the gills oh, shit, or go the snow was getting heavier? Both of the above, Beatrice. Both, both of these of the above. can Remember be true. Remember I sent you both flowers? These... You're supposed to be being nice. Both of the above. Both of these things can and be true. I decided to come home early and, and as the taxi, the taxi wouldn't go into my cul-de-sac because the snow was too deep. Anyway, <gasps> so I had to get out. I was, I was very fond of a wedge actually heel. Actually horrified, but the story the gets worse. <laughs> anyway, I was in my wedges. Very handy in Actually, the, the story gets much worse. You were in your wedges. <laughs> Oh, I know you do. I think you still probably have a wedge in your wardrobe, don't you? No, I only have block heel boots now. I think you might have one pair of wedges that I have been silently not judging you with. But go ahead. Go ahead, Rosemary. Go ahead. Oh, I might have a wedge in my Um, wardrobe. (laughs) Actually, I have at least least two. (laughs) Yeah. I actually remember a pair of wedge boots that you bought not that long ago. Excuse me. Mine are more like, you know... I can't think of any words. Keep going. <laughs> She's trying to do like bunny rabbit ears to make it seem intellectual. Mine are like I was like about to say mine fashion. are like vintage. So therefore I'm keeping them Ugh. for the future. Anyway, go on. 
Listen, if I still had my wedges, they'd be vintage now, and that's the depressing thing about it. But anyway, as I as I rounded the corner, teetering on my wedges, the two little cats <gasps> came running out from under somebody's car, and they were so small they had to like jump over the snow. You know what I mean? To like hop. God bless them. You're so lucky cute. they weren't frozen to death. My God, I actually I felt so bad. Or were you but, lucky, um, as it turned out? Would well, that have just been? Would out, that just have been like shortening the torture that was their lives? Let's keep going. Oh my God, stop. Like you're, you're really doing this like dramatic foreshadowing. It's not, I could just tell the story. So anyway, they, they used to piss off all the time and like wander around the neighborhood. And there was several times that I ended up having to put up signs and stuff trying to find these cats. And I would eventually find them like in some owl one's house. And I remember going down one day and she was like, you know, tut tut. I brought your cats in. They were starving. Gave them a bit of tuna. They were delighted. I'm like, I'm sure they were delighted. All they get in my house is kibble and bits. Like, you're once there feeding them tins of John West tuna. The tuna <laughs> right, you were like, Rosemary's like, uh, you could give that tuna to me. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I was like, I, I that you're tuna. like, I've been sitting in your garden but, um, for two hours and you haven't offered me any tuna. <laughs> There was there was another woman um, across the road from me who basically whenever I came home from work, if the cats were out and like sometimes they would be out for the whole day when they got a little bit older, because they would go out in the morning, they wouldn't you mean come like back five and, and a half they're months, fine, five and a half months, like anyway. <laughs> and I came home one day and she comes like marching out of her house and she's like, "You're a disgrace." Those cats were crying for their mammy, their mammy, and I'm like, "I'm not. Do I look like a cat?" I am their owner, but it didn't seem like the moment. I don't want to go into any nipple conversations again, but. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Nipples are going to haunt me forever. Anyway, listen, long, long torture story. No, 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 that was really inappropriate. That was really bad timing. Long, long, long. No, they're not that long. (laughs) If, oh my God, this episode should just be accompanied by pictures of me looking like shocked and rolling my eyes so anyway they used to go missing all the time I eventually decided to send them home to mom and dad's because I was like at least mom and dad live in the country if the cats go out they've like lots of places to explore and then they can come home they're less yep. likely to end up in some L one's house because I was like convinced that these cats were going to get robbed I'd like right? to say like, though somebody is just going to because they were so I'd cute I'd like to say also encouraged by our mother you brought them home right to the bosom Encour- of the family yes absolutely encouraged by our mother and on the the day before, so like say mom and dad were coming up on a Friday and they were like, you know, we'll, we'll come and get them on Friday. The day before they were due to get them, one of the cats are fucking missing and was never seen again. She's so tragic. It's terrible. It was so tragic. Poor Dexter, cat. he was so cute. And so Calvin went home with mom and dad in the car and mom said he cried the whole way in the car. It was, it was snowing. I think it took them about three and a half hours to get home. That was a bad winter. You never and, told uh, me that. He, he cried. cried. He, me- he, he meowed and cried the whole way home. Anyway, they got him home and I think he lasted about four weeks until the neighbour, Simon, told mom and dad that he had seen Calvin had been hit by a car and was dead. Why would you, you make me tell the sad story? So sad, but they're our best neighbours. It was Very so good neighbours with, the, with the, the pets. Those poor neighbours have had to like, literally pets. live through a lot of trauma with our pets, I have to say. Yeah, they really have. Haven't they? They were the ones who, yeah. when, when, when Quillon was hit by a car, when she was like, once again, with mum and dad, about three months old. I don't know how, like, they live in the middle of nowhere. Yes. There's not that many cars. I, no, no, I'd like to say, I, I was, I was actually about fast. to say, people go very fast, but we also live in an extremely sharp bent. 
like extremely corner. sharp where yeah. you reminded yeah. me that at one point you were out flirting with somebody and almost got killed on the corner I was sitting on a fence with my then boyfriend <laughs> we were just chatting and I thought it was like I thought it was like a postcard I was like I need a blighting book sitting on the fence next to the farm and we stood up walked away from the fence and literally within 20 seconds a man came careening down the road, didn't see the corner and went straight through that particular fence we've been sitting on. Could be dead. I know. I could be an only child. I could be the favourite daughter. <laughs> and you know, you know, dad went down to help him. <sighs> and because uh, because his car had gone over the over the gate and then flipped over. So dad went over to help him out of his car. And when your man got out, dad realised he was drunk. And dad literally just walked away. Dead right. Just like, Walked away from it and then I think called the Dad's guards. a libertarian. I mean, yes, Dad's a libertarian. Right. Dad was like, here's your punishment. Take your punishment. <laughs> here's your punishment. You get to watch me as I yeah, walk away yeah, from you. I get to, it's I'm like a country walk and away western from song. You. See you. With my extremely blue jeans. Bye. <laughs> he does love a he blue jean. He loves jean. a good blue jean. But anyway, back to our neighbours who are extremely, extremely... We have now realised patient and lovely right the nicest oh, neighbors yeah. ever because si- i mean simon simon was the one who found who saw quillon getting hit Aww. by the car and apparently called on the doorbell and said claire um i think you might want to come down the dog's been in a bit of an accident and apparently mom and dad then had a fight because neither of them wanted to go down because they both thought the dog was dead even, and mom was like i'm I not can't going down even cope with this story like why did the two of them not just go down together like what is the problem can you walk down 13 stairs together and just go out I'd say, say dad was busy sitting in his lazy oh, boy. no doubt. 13 stairs and 42 <laughs> steps. And down you go, right? Like, not the end of the world. But I mean, think about no. poor Simon and Dean. Now they've seen poor whatever his name is, Calvin, Quillon, and then that other poor cat, like Mangy Face. I can't remember what his, her name was. What was, <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> I'd actually rather not say her name because it reflects very badly. What's her name? Mercedes. <laughs> reflect badly on you because <laughs> you're just very I, mean, I you're wasn't just, even young you're enough very money hungry very much I was like 19 or something why did I want to call oh, her Mercedes say 11. I don't know <laughs> no, exactly I was way too old but Mercedes was a very cute cat though in fairness oh my god she was a gorgeous cat who mom hated she used to say things like that cat is such a mean face <laughs> well we it's should put into perspective mom like has that weird thing and I'm convinced she has that I was going to say disease. Sorry, mom. She has that condition called synesthesia. You know, like she's always talking about names being pointy or sharp. Like she's very obsessed with, you know, oh, my friend Andrew's coming over. Andrew, what a pointy name. I can't even, oh, Andrew, pointy. And you're like, what are you talking about? Now, in mom's defense, I think she actually likes the name Andrew. No, she doesn't. She's going to say she doesn't. She likes the name Ian. I thought... She likes the name oh, Ian. Ian. That's the mm-hmm. one that I can never understand. That seems sharp I almost, to me. If Ian. I was a boy, I was going Ian. to be Ian. Beatrice or Ian. Like, riddle me that. And Actually, you would have been better off being a girl called Ian, to be honest. God, that would have been actually so cool. Can you imagine? Although... Not at the time. Not when I was like 42 feet tall. <laughs> no. Oh, no, true. But, um, you know, in this excellent new show, Warrior Nun, on Netflix that I've been watching, there's a sister Beatrice and she's actually cool. So I think maybe your name is going to see a comeback. I actually can't cope with this. There's a sister Beatrice and she's actually cool. Thank you, Rosemary. 
Of course but she's I mean, cool. Like, a cool nun. Oh, a cool a Beatrice cool was That's more rare. the implication. But like, whatever. You know? That's fine. Thanks. Hmm. Of course she's cool. She's a nun. She's religious. And she's called Beatrice. <laughs> no, I hear you. <laughs> that part, like, literally those four sentences should be made into a soundbite of like, like... This woman thinks she's cool. Of course she's cool. She's a nun. She's named Beatrice. She's cool. <laughs> That's literally what oh. you just did. Delighted with okay. yourself. No, I okay. Anyway, so Mercedes. Yes. So I, the only thing I remember about Mercedes, because I think, I don't know. I mean, you were 19, so I was 23. Um, you were, you were so gone. I was 20. <laughs> you were 25. <laughs> I was 26. Jesus. <laughs> So I was gone. You were 19. You were extremely yeah. immature. You were calling cats things you should never have been calling them. After my like, dream cars. Kind of like, thank God there was no TikTok because you would have been like the ultimate was, loser on it. But Jesus. whatever. No judgment. I was just about to say thank God I didn't call her Lamborghini. That would have been Why? worse. Yeah. Okay. okay whatever. Anyway. So I was Moving I on. was away. So it can't be my fault. I was living a really cool life elsewhere. <laughs> acting really cool and grown up. And you were 19 calling cats Lamborghini and Mercedes. The only story I remember about this cat that was the one where dad said something about like her tail got chopped off or something. And he oh, described an extremely that... hideous drive down to the vet. And I can only assume mom was driving because he told, told me like how she was, he held her on his, he cradled her on his knee and he just kept talking hey, oh about no, no, no. a bloody stump. No, 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 stop, okay. stop. This was Simon the neighbor again called in to go, Claire, Philip. The cat's been in a bit of a, like, a bit like, of a tussle. I'm sorry, do Simon and Dee actually live in the world where are mom and dad? Like, when they go into their house, do they suddenly go through the wardrobe in Narnia? Like, what the hell? Or can they not see what's happening on the road? How does Simon and Dee mom see everything? And dad, mom and dad are hiding in the Lazy Boy Tower while Simon and Dee are, like, entertaining Are living cat. in real life, yeah. But, but basically, this cat, right, mom hated this cat, thought it was very mean, didn't ever want it in the house. And then one day was over in Simon and Dee's and... That cat, Mercedes, had had kittens and one of their kittens had gone to the neighbours and then the mom and the kitten had been like best friends used to hang oh, out together all the time. So cute. And mom, mom was over in Simon and Dee's one day and saw Pringle, their cat, asleep on the sofa and said, oh my God, your cat's so lucky. Our cat's not allowed in the house. And Dee went, oh, well, and pointed to the other chair where Mercedes was fast asleep. <laughs> so like the cat loved Simon and Dee and of I think course. spent more time uh, with them no doubt. for obvious reasons. And then reasons. at the end of the day it was like, I have yeah. to go back to the... I have to go back to the workhouse. <laughs> I have to go back to the cellar. Oh, like poor. she was never even allowed to sleep. What? Like like she was never even allowed to sleep upstairs. She just slept downstairs poor all the time. Cinderella Mercedes. Now I feel so I bad for her. And then she got her tail lopped off. Then she got her tail. Dad said basically that what it was like. Dad was, said we don't like the fact that you're living next door. So they cut off her tail. <laughs> no, Simon. Simon called. I'm sorry, called this is not funny. <laughs> No, you're awful. You're like, you're you're seeming very psychotic now as well. Very like uncaring. So Simon called in to say the cat's been in a bit of an accident. And when they went down, Poor Dad said it was Simon. As if, it was as if her tail was a kebab and all the meat had been shorn off. Is <laughs> how Dad described it. <laughs> and then he said he had her in the car so, on the way down to the vet, and he said she didn't seem to realise. No, and no, she no. Was delighted. No, no, no. No, no, no. He put her in a cardboard box in the car on the way to the vet. And as soon as the car started, the cat jumped out onto his lap and began to purr and wag her tail. Her kebab. <laughs> yeah, so Dad said, by the time they got to the vet, 
He was covered in blood. The cat has been like purring and like making, what? making little cat biscuits. Serves it's him right. the least he could put up with after like poor next True. door neighbours have to come over every five seconds, it seems like, and tell us that there's been another accident. So like, I, I'm sure they're not delighted. Oh, like we have to go over to the McCabe's again and tell them there's been another like graphic accident with one of their animals. Yeah. So then her tail had to be two thirds amputated, which was very unfortunate, but didn't seem to affect her granted poor quality of life oh my god <laughs> i think she was still enjoying her time in the neighbors but then last year or the year before maybe when mom and dad were in america i remember the last time i had seen the cat in the house i'd said to mom and dad that cat needs to be put down like she was about god, 16 or 17 mean. you're so horrible i'm very you're callous so cruel no, why would you say just because you don't like the look of her no <laughs> <laughs> there's an episode of buffy right where buffy's mom makes this friend who you're kind of suspicious that they're having a rela- relation like a lesbian relationship but it's never really confirmed but anyway she makes this friend and at the same time she gets this African mask and puts it on the wall and it turns out the African mask raises the dead and the first dead it raises is this cat that they found dead in the attic and that raised from the dead cat was what Mercedes was walking like in the last year of her life like she was walking like a little zombie cat and she also started to drool really badly so she would kind of like zombie her way over to you sit on your lap start to make biscuits and drool everywhere and there'd be hair like falling off her in tufts she was just really old and the last time I saw her, I said to mom and dad, I think the cat's probably at the end of her life She's now. She's had it. You said, I'm sure you didn't say that. I'm sure you were just like, that, that moggy's had it. I'm like, this cat is shit for family photos. She needs to go. She's, she's not getting any likes on Instagram. She's had enough. So anyway, then mom and dad went to America to visit you. It's all your fault for probably four weeks or five weeks. They love coming over for ages and leaving me and poor Mercedes alone at home. But like the neighbours were looking after Mercedes. But anyway, when mom and dad got back then, they were home about a day and they called into Simon and Dee and Dee said, oh, by the way, we ended up taking Mercedes to the vet last week and she was put down and she was put to sleep. And mom was horrified. That like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't know what, like she was kind of horrified. I mean, horrified that the cat had been put down, but I was also going like, that was that was like the, the humane thing to do. But Dee said that the poor cat had started jumping up on the couch and just kept falling off. Just kept like plopping off the side of the couch. Poor and Dee. Like, like I can't I know. even believe. Poor that, Simon like, and Dee. Poor Simon and Dee had to like make these, you know, monumental decisions like for our cat. Like God, loved them. And like at the same time, Rosemary, I'd like to point out, and I mean, no offense to you, but they seem like incredibly alert and engaged and involved neighbours, like literally the polar opposite of what I understand you to be from every story you've ever told me, where like everything that happens in your neighbourhood is like you are basically in a coma by comparison. I feel like every cat in the neighbourhood could be run over outside your window and you would be like, you'd open the curtain and go, oh my God, what happened here? I I do need to take some photos of your face. Actually classic. This is entirely unfair and based on the fact that one time my car got broken into, every single window smashed and it was attempted to be hot-wired right outside my bedroom window. Anybody would have slept through that. I think there was another one as well where the the neighbours got like entirely broken into and... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that wasn't... I wasn't even asleep for that. I was just in the house. Yeah, you were literally next door while the place was taken apart. (laughs) One of the neighbours called in to say, oh, did you hear anything from my house? And I was like, no, like, you know... What happened? And he was like, oh, it's just, I just came home and all the doors have been have been kicked in. 
He was like, what? And it turns out the guards had come over. There was nobody home and they'd broken down the doors because one of the people living in the house, which was a series of flats, one of the people living in one of the flats was dealing drugs. And they'd got a tip off or something and they'd come in and broken down all the doors. And I was at home like just pottering around minding my own business for once which is very unusual for me actually because I thought you were being serious because I was very alert I used to love calling the guards from behind oh, I know, my I know you do you and curtains. your friends love nothing more than a good guard call I have to say though like that actually reminds me i totally forgotten about this I mean I wasn't there so I mean most, most of these stories I was not there and I can't blame myself for not being there but I was not there I was out drinking you'll be surprised to hear with my friend Julie and her sister Anna on New Year's Eve in Paris and we were out doing a pub crawl oh well listen New, New Year's Eve it was a special oh, well, occasion mean, otherwise I'd say you would have I'd like to home. say that it wasn't anywhere near midnight I think this was more like noon <laughs> <laughs> or maybe 2pm <laughs> And we got back to our apartment and we opened the door to our apartment and we had a two bedroom apartment with a really nice kitchen and dining room come, you know, living room, whatever. And we opened the door to our apartment. We got, we, so we went out, we had our pub crawl. We came back, places were closing because they were going to reopen again for later on. You know what I mean? They were all closing. We were like, it's disgraceful. I can't believe these places are closing. <laughs> so anyway, we went back home at about 4 p.m. And we opened the door to our apartment. It was freezing because like it was Paris on whatever, December 31st. I was about to go, whatever date New Year's Eve is. Okay, December 31st, right? And so obviously the weather is cold and it was snowing, etc. And we went and the place was absolutely frigid. And we were like, what is going on? So we went into the house and the kitchen window had was totally kicked in, totally broken. Now we were on the fifth floor, the fourth floor of a, of a building. And there was a note on our table and it said, sorry, your bathroom whatever was leaking into the downstairs apartment so we had to come and kick in your window and fix it best regards the local fire your local fire brigade and we were <laughs> horrified because like that was literally like so do we go we knock on the next door neighbor and we're like oh my god what happened they're like oh yeah there were like seven really good looking firemen <laughs> just filed out of your apartment at about 6 p.m we were like oh my god because like in paris now, this is a sheer generalization to say every fireman is extremely good looking, but there is literally an annual party called like the fireman's party where they all do, you know, um, what's that movie? That thing where they're all like the full yeah, Monty, where they all like do, you know, the full Monty on fire poles and being it Irish never seemed as yes, old. As I'd, like right say, <laughs> I'd like to say I was too young. I don't I, I only heard about it, but I'd like to say that being Irish, I was so mortified at this party every year but I couldn't take it was like a car crash I couldn't take my eyes off these firemen <laughs> sliding up and down these poles until they started to take their clothes off and then I would always be like oh my god I can't I can't look it was just too embarrassing everybody was having too much of a good time meanwhile like oh. six or seven of these extremely professional firemen were kicking in our window on New Year's Eve, imagine, had we just been sitting in the kitchen when, I mean, okay, they would have rung on the doorbell and we would have been like, yeah, come on in. But imagine if we hadn't heard them and they'd kicked in the window. And then, But also the window was about two feet by one feet. Like it was absolutely minute. So I don't even know how they got in. It was absolute disaster and we totally missed our opportunity. And then, of course, the other problem was it was France and it was Paris on like New Year's Eve. So nobody came to oh, fix yeah. the window for about a month because they were all like, oh, well, it was New Year's Eve. Well, it is now seven days past New Year's Eve. We cannot come. We are busy. Oh, it is now the end of January. We have a backlog since New Year's Eve. We are not available. So we were 
absolutely freezing for like a full week and extremely resentful because we missed all of the firemen. You know, I dated a fireman for a while, but he would never put on his uniform for me. I hope my silence echoes everybody else's. I'm like, <laughs> why would you want him to put on his uniform? That is unbelievably creepy. That is like akin to once I was a schoolgirl, put on your school uniform for me. I'm now creeped out. Oh my God. Except for Next like- time I'm just going to video your face. I'm just going to video your face <laughs> for this whole thing so everybody can see it. Like you're looking shocked, horrified, shocked, offended, shocked and horrified again. I can't even get over this. But sorry, like wanting to play out a fantasy with a fireman. Basically, my whole fantasy is that I would one day be light enough for. Oh, a I thought you were going to say I would one day be lighted on fire, and then a fireman could put me out. <laughs> <laughs> one day be light enough for a fireman no. to put me on his back and shimmy me down five flights, of, <laughs> five, five flights from a broken window. No, what is this fantasy? To like throw me over his shoulder and be like. I've got you. Listen, I guarantee you that most firemen will tell you that it's like the most exciting part of their job is probably not carrying people on their backs. It's actually probably the worst part of their jobs. No offense to you. But that does remind me because Sorry. didn't the firemen have to come out to examine those balloons on your doorstep? And I, that's not a metaphor. <laughs> you know well that there were no firemen involved in that balloon story. <laughs> so... <laughs> This was, so, this was just another example of me calling the guards when I lived in Dublin 1. When I lived in Dublin 1, I used to call, I used to have the guards on speed dial, the Bridewell. But I used to call them fairly regularly for a variety of different reasons. But this was a serious one when myself myself and my boyfriend, I was going to say we woke up one morning, but we actually didn't. We didn't open the door until about (gasps) 3pm. So we, so we were never sure. We're, we're never sure when the balloons oh. got stuck to the front door. And oh, yeah, and also I was very concerned that they'd been there all day and the neighbours had seen them. You know what, that seems them. like a waste of a day to me because I feel like, you know, by comparison, we'd already had our entire pub crawl and you weren't even out of your house. <laughs> oh, it was very boring. But basically one day I opened up my front door and somebody had taped three balloons red, red, in primary colours. No, one was red and one was blue. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I have, a, I, have a, I have a picture of them somewhere, which I put online and then loads of people said that the handwriting was mine. <laughs> was it? No, it wasn't. I would never take balloons to my oh, own. Oh, anyway, I would love it if you did. Were they your balloons? Said. Seriously, were they your balloons? Literally, there's another hashtag. Were they your balloons? <laughs> hashtag, not my oh, balloons. Yeah. Hashtag, not my handwriting. So, open the front door and somebody had taped three balloons to the front door that said something like, Fuck you, Rosemary McCabe. <laughs> and then on another balloon, it said, sorry, The sorry. sympathy. I can honestly. I honestly, I was genuinely horrified when it happened, but it's also so hilarious. And sorry, no, I actually said, genuinely thought it must have been scary at the time, but now that you're it, a full continent scary. away. And you know what else? I was reading Stephen King's It at the time. <laughs> I really was. Maybe it was, and that made it, maybe it was your boyfriend. So maybe he was gaslighting you. No, it wasn't you. because. Because of what happened oh. next. So one of the balloons said, you're a thalidomide looking gal bag. <laughs> right? So <laughs> What is gal bag? It like, sounds like the best insult ever. I must look it up. It's probably in case, such, just in case it's really insult. rude. I, I don't know what it means. So like in case it's incredibly insulting, I'd like to say in case it's, in case I have, it's, it's yes, on PC, I'm I innocent. have yet to look it up. <laughs> so anyway, we took these balloons inside and I was like, oh my God, like, 
Like, who would do this? And also, how long Your have boyfriend you been here? Your boyfriend is like hiding the Sharpie. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the reason I know it wasn't him is because he went, what does thalidomide mean? Oh, Rosemary, he was a, he was a, to explain he was it a to lot him. younger than you, Rosemary. He was a lot younger than me. Uh, and still a lot is. more perfectly formed. Still is. <laughs> I wouldn't say that now. But yeah, I had to explain thalidomide to him. But anyway, sorry, I ended up calling the guards because I was just like... In my head, I was like, this could be what I would read about in Closer magazine as like, you know, a random stranger tried to murder me. And the first step of it was they taped balloons to my could door. Could you even so I like, have I said like make- in the New Yorker or like in the Irish Times, in Closer uh, magazine? No. Are they are they oh, even no, real no, stories oh. like in fairness? Well, you never know. But these are the kind of stories you read in the hairdresser. So anyway, that's what I was worried. I, I was like, if, if this is the first step of the like intimidation tactics, I need to tell the guards. So I called up the bridewell. <laughs> I mean, this must have been scary, right? Like, so you wake up. It was really you get up, scary. You open the door and there are these hate-filled messages scribbled all over balloons, right? Primary coloured balloons all over your doorstep. Thank you for that dramatic yeah, recap. I'm not even, I'm not, like, yes. you were literally, and somebody knew where you lived because, like, that's pretty terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. So somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. who hated you enough to blow balloons up to... 90% of their capacity and then scribble really they were helium bad balloons. Oh, and then scribble really they bad up. they were helium okay, to actually take a machine to blow balloons up to 90% of their capacity and then scribble all over them with really bad handwriting in sharpies and then go to all the trouble of going to your house in the middle of the night and tying them there that's scary. I like to think it was an opportunist who who had seen my house like in the background of a Snapchat story or something, recognised the door and happened to be at a no, party where there no. were helium-filled balloons and they had a sharp... Absolutely anyway, not. Nobody so recognises right? the door. Please, this person Listen. stalked you and then like put these balloons up. <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, well I, wish, I wish you had been the guard I'd called. Oh, yes. When I called the guards, the guard was like, balloons... On your door. And do you think now that's somebody you know? I was like, Probably no. yes. Like, I don't. You're like, yes. And they, but like, Irish people are not, my mom. Irish people are not that good at expressing emotions, right? So you're like, yes, <laughs> it's my friend. She's got a lot of things she wants to say to me. The guard, anyway, then I went, oh, the most, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Then I went, no, like, the thing is, I'm a blogger and, and, and I have a bit of a an online following. And he literally was like, uh, blogger oh my god it was so embarrassing but I was trying to say to him like I, I'm slightly well known so it could be a random stranger so you're slightly and well known like, and yet somebody just recognised your door opportunistically having spotted it on an Instagram post months previously yeah no 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 but like no I but don't. I was thinking somebody who followed me on Snapchat who lived near me could have recognised my door Rosemary they don't need to That's live near you to hate you they could live anywhere and hate you but they need to live near me to recognise my door, you absolute bitch. Why are you always like this? I try to have a nice conversation. Anyway, the guard refused to come and investigate my my balloons for fingerprints. The <laughs> guard DNA refused Beatrice. to come and investigate my balloons. <laughs> he told me that if I wanted to, I could bring them down if to the station. If you need your balloons investigated, <laughs> Listen, he told me I could bring them down to the station. You're like, they're like, right here. Do? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's very immature. But I was like, what am I going to do? Walk through town with these balloons that say Rosemary McCabe. <laughs> Rosemary, they're helium. You could have just put them in a plastic station. bag. 
I can't believe, like, could you not have just, like, deflated them and put them in plastic bags? But I felt like that would destroy the evidence somehow. to carry them inflated to them. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying I didn't bring them but to I'm the guards. But I'm saying because... He made me feel very because foolish. Because you thought you'd have to carry them behind you. That was just fully inflated. Well, Beatrice, Beatrice, I've watched crime shows. That's evidence. You know what? Quite to seriously, we just watched... What was the, you know what I said to Don, I was like, what was that TV show called? Like the one, you know, and it was like about unsolved mysteries and blah, blah. What's the name? He's like, unsolved mysteries. So yes, I agree with you, Rosemary. You know, you think these things mean nothing, but actually then you end up dead. I agree with you. So you were dead right to go to the police and I think they should have taken you more seriously. All jokes aside. But as a turn, seriously, seriously, I actually would be freaked if I found those, but especially living here in the middle of nowhere. But like living in Dublin also, I would have been absolutely freaked. Thank you. I was okay. freaked. And I didn't feel like the guards took my plight seriously. And what happened then? Well, then a couple of weeks later, I posted about it on my blog. And then a whole lot of people on online forums were like, that looks really like your handwriting. <laughs> and I just stopped talking about it. <laughs> so embarrassing. No, I mean, nothing happened. I don't really know what I was expecting. I was half expecting like, what, like what'll be next? Like a sheep's head on my doorstep. Oh, but there was nothing. I had the police called on me once, but like... It really wasn't an exciting story. What did you do? Literally nothing. I was living in Milan at the time and I had, for the first time ever, I had, I lived next to this couple who had a new baby. And I mean, I 100% having had four new babies myself understand that there is nothing you can do to control a baby's crying, right? But it doesn't make it any mm. less annoying. And their baby cried all hours of the day, all hours of the night for what seemed like a decade, or even though I only lived there for about like nine months. Anyway... And one time, one time I had a dinner party, like the one and only time I had people over and I had a dinner party, like literally a dinner party. So at about 10 p.m. there were eight of us, I think, having dinner. Literally, it was like a three course meal. It was a normal dinner party. And you cooked a three course meal for yeah, people? Totally. I mean, some of it wasn't That's cooked, a lot of effort. you know, and. Oh, fair. Okay. Anyway, they not your man, the husband knocked on the door and he's like, can you guys keep it down? Like, we have a baby. And I'm like, oh, oh, I know. And I said, well, you know, yeah, we're just having dinner. Like, and we weren't, it, there was, it wasn't like there was like loud music playing or anything. We were just, I mean, yeah. it probably was loud, but we were just chatting. You know, it was just good fun. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, he knocks on the door again, 20 minutes later, like, you guys need to keep it down. My baby can't sleep. You know, you feel like going like your baby's and it never sleeps. So I don't, you know, but also we put it, you know, we accept and put up with you the whole time. Like you. This is not yeah. like, it's not like this is every night. So I feel like you're being a bit unreasonable. Next thing you know, the police knock at the door. Oh, we've gotten a complaint from your next door neighbor. And then the superintendent of the building called up the next day. Your next door neighbor complained that you had had been too loud, blah, blah, blah. And like, literally, it was like a joke. I mean, people are, people are, are odd. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, you know, there's one rule for you and one rule for everybody else. But it was very mm -hmm. odd because I feel like I've always been very much like oh well it's just tonight you know it's not every night about you know any neighbor I've ever had when they have like massive parties or when they do whatever I never complained the first or the second or the third time I would only ever come actually I don't even know that I've ever really complained about anything because I'm always like well you know you look the other way and I'll look the other way kind of thing but I realize that I look the other way and most people don't look the other way and I find it kind of interesting have you ever called the guards on anyone yeah, I only, well, I mean, but it wasn't really like calling the guards. I called the guards once when I lived in Dallas because in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m., the doorbell rang. And so the two of us jumped out of bed, oh, like I remember you saying this. out, you know, like who the hell is ringing the doorbell? Like literally at 3 a.m. We were lived in a very kind of suburban, you know, sedate neighborhood. And I went in and I was like, hello. And, you know, we heard, open the door, open it now, open the door. And like banging, 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 banging on the door. 
and the doorbell like ringing incessantly and we lived like on a what's it called like one level you know just bungalow kind of thing right yeah bungalow and Mm. our kids were in the window right beside where this person was knocking at the door so it was kind of unnerving and and, you know it was a woman actually and she kept shouting like open the door open the door and then banging on it and she had a box in her hand because we were looking at the the people and she had a box in her hand and because it's America never occurred to me Don was like I Don was like "I'm, I'm really nervous there might be a gun in that box like what's she doing you know and so I called the police and the police were like well, ma'am, um, we, we don't have anybody in the neighborhood, so we can't come over. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't come over? I'm like, I'm calling you because there's somebody knocking at my door. It's 3 a.m. Well, ma'am, do you feel in fear for your life? You need to do whatever you need to do. And I'm like, what do you mean I need to do whatever? I need you to come over here now to like, you know, address the issue that I'm having on my door, doorstep. And they were like, well, we're not available. And I said, I said, like, this is not like, okay, I'm calling the police and you're telling me you can't do anything. And they hung up on me. So I called back, like I called 911 again. And this person was like, yeah, you were extremely rude last time. Like you were very belligerent. Like what do you expect from us? And I, I was like, I want you to come and deal with this. So they hung up on me again. So then I called 911 and got a different person. And this person was like, I oh, will send somebody out, but there's not going to be anybody there for about two hours. And I said, what am I supposed to do? You need to do whatever you feel is necessary to protect yourself. Whatever you need to do, whatever you feel the need to do, you need to do it basically. Because it's like one of those, you know, stand your ground situations and I was like what the hell and as it turned out so of course we're like sitting in the sitting room terrified like what the hell is going on we didn't have a gun like we don't have a gun or anything like that you know and that's not it's not my first or second or third or fourth you know inclination so yeah yeah and and the woman just kept shouting at us and every time we would go to the door to talk to her she would just scream at us like let me in let me in open the door open the door etc it was like terrifying and eventually the next day, um, a police person like knocked on the door and was and said, um, just so you know, you know, that was actually the parent of one of your neighbors. Uh, she suffers from dementia and she managed, you know, she somehow opened the front door and was going around the neighborhood and she was knocking on doors and, you know, sorry about that. Thanks very much. And I was literally like, if we'd been a different person and had a gun, like we could totally have shot mm-hmm. her dead. Like that is not okay, you know, but anyway, yeah. I mean, we didn't. So. Oh, that's so scary. Her. Her, her poor kids as well. That must be so yeah, awful. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, it was pretty terrifying for us. Like, the last I mean, thing you expect for you as well, at three yes. in the morning is somebody knocking on your door. Like, it's so terrifying. Because you're so vulnerable, you know? You're, like, you're in your pajamas. Yeah. And you just, it's so dark. Yeah. And there's nobody around. And you're, you're just like, oh, my God, my kids. Like, you immediately go to the most terrifying movie place. And, in fact, it's, you know. Yeah, of and in course. Fact, it's, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was nothing. Like, we're we're so, well, I mean, I go to the most, you know, negative, like, terrifying place and it wasn't that at all like I would probably think of The Purge that I'd be like oh my god what well, is I happening that well you're just as well you know about two or three nights before I moved out of my house in Dublin similar but not at all similar I woke up at like 2am to this like knock 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 shout 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 knock 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 and it was the house across the road and there were these two girls dressed up to the nines and it was freezing I think it was like November in these tiny little dresses, really high heels, knocking on the door and going like, Michael, Michael, open the door, open the door. Like one of them was bawling her head off and the other one was being, was very drunk, but also like very rational and going like, listen, they were from the country, like, listen, we just need to go. We'll just go down the road. We'll find a hotel. We'll find a room for the night and we'll come back. Michael's fine. We'll find him later. And your one's like, no, he's in here. Michael, Michael, like screaming, crying. And then the two of them ended up sitting down on the step outside the front door and they were like little, like shivering, little, tiny, little, like 
<laughs> and I'm like, my <laughs> I was in my house. And I was like, initially I was kind of pissed off because they were being so fucking loud. And then I was watching the window and I was like, what? Like, what are they? Where's Michael? What the fuck is going on? And then eventually I was like, oh, they're freezing the poor craters. So I opened up the door and I was like, girls. And they looked up like, like literally the heads shot around. And I went, do you want to come in here? And they were like, oh, thanks. And the two of them came running over in their little heels. And they came in and I remember it was like, I because I was just about to move, I basically had nothing in the house. Like I had no spare duvets, no spare blankets. The only blanket I had was this really scratchy like crochet granny square blanket that's been through the wash one too many times and is now covered in dog hair as well and I was like sorry this is the only blanket <laughs> I have probably like yeah right <laughs> I'm sure they're like who is this one I made them tea and toast like so Irish but it turns out Michael was in there all along Michael you creep apparently he was asleep I know the next day they came back with a box of chocolates oh, it was very I nice I love them there was, I have to say they were very nice they were very I loved cute. your neighbours like I loved your neighbours were actually classic like that neighbour my favourite neighbour of all time was the one was it electric picnic what was it oh no 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 it was so I lived right down the road from Croke Park so whenever there was a ga match or a big concert you'd get loads of people streaming by and when the gig or the game I'm like what do they do with sports the game when it was over <laughs> What do they be doing at all? <laughs> when it was over, you would get loads of people who would basically come up our road to pee behind a car. Charming, charming. They obviously would have like, yeah, there would have been way too big a queue in Crow Park or whatever. This was like, even this was get, even pre-coronavirus. Oh yeah, and they'd get ten minutes down the road and be like, oh, I'm bursting, and then like see a car up this cul-de-sac and run up to pee behind it. So after the Beyonce concert, one of my neighbors across the road, I think she was in her early twenties, she used to sit outside on the kind of front step. <laughs> With this guy she was dating nearly every night and they used to order takeaway and eat it on the front step. I think her parents wouldn't let him in because I think they had had a big fight. So he wasn't allowed in the house. So she would come out and sit in the step and they would have takeaway on the front step. And so the, this this was the night of the Beyonce concert. And there were like thousands of young women basically walking down the road. And I heard this kind of little kerfuffle at one stage and... I used to love going into the bathroom because you could open the window really silently. You could just tilt the window open slightly. So I'd go into the bathroom, tilt the window open, like leave all the lights off and just listen. That's what I did all the time. Because like neighbours used to have fights on the street as well and you'd be up there like with your ear against the window going, what's happening now? But um, so basically I put my ear against the window, listened and she was shouting at someone and going, you're after peeing in front of my car. You're after peeing on my car, right? And there was this other, like you'd, you'd hear this other little squeaky voice going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm so sorry. And like, like pulling up the knickers basically like behind this car going, I'm so sorry. But like your one didn't own a car. Like, and, and it definitely wasn't her parents' car either. She was basically just, she was sitting out there waiting for anyone to come and pee on the street so she could then go, you're after peeing on my car. And there was, oh my God, there was actually another time I just remembered. I love this girl. It wasn't her. I actually love her. It wasn't her, but it was another neighbour, a guy who was probably in his maybe late teens or early 20s. And it was after, not Beyonce, I think it was after the Spice Girls. And he was out and he started videoing people. And then he and this group of girls had this big fight because they were like, you can't video us. And he was like, you're breaking the law. And they were like, you videoed us. And he's like, you're peeing in public. Like, go away. And they were having this big back and forth. And she was like, delete that video. And he was like, piss off. And you off. couldn't see anything. Like, piss get off, off he's our like, streets. Piss off. Not here. And you were yeah. listening at the window or you were actually listening from elsewhere? I was listening at the window. There were big bitches. There was nowhere else to listen. I remember one time there was this huge fight on our street and one of the windows got smashed. 
and the next door neighbours were screaming at each other and I had called the guards and like I was well used to calling the guards at this stage and when the guards would say like do you want to give us your name I'd be like no I don't like I don't want to be involved I just want to let you know Actually, you know like I don't want my name mentioned at all right I can't even get over it I know but like sometimes there'd be like there was one big fight once where this guy basically was knocking on this other guy's house and telling him to come out and telling him he was going to beat the shit out of him and then he tried to break the window and all this so like, you, you would be a bit worried you know about the street but anyway so I used to call the guards and not give them my like, not give them my name I'd give them my neighbour's name no 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 I wouldn't give them anybody's name I'd just be like I just want to let you know that I'm just doing my citizenly duty and then I'd hang up right and then wait by the bathroom window but this time <laughs> this time so when the guards arrived I heard them walking up like walking the road next thing you know our, our next door neighbour who was French comes out of his door and goes hello yes yes I called you, it is them. And he's like pointing up the road at the house that was having the fight. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, he's an idiot. What's he doing getting... And he was literally like standing at his door going, yes, I called you. And they're the ones with the problem up there pointing up the road. That's good, transparent Frenchness. They don't have the... He had the courage yes, of his they convictions. they don't have the same... Unlike yes, moi. Yes, exactly. But like that was also like to my shame, the same French couple who when they they had a baby and I remember them telling me that they were having a baby and I was like oh my god it's so exciting and I, I, th- I think I met him the day his wife gave birth and he was like oh we decided to call him Arthur and I went oh you should just never talk to French people I went after Arthur Guinness and he looked like very calm and understandingly at me and he said uh no after uh, Arthur and the, the round table <laughs> Arthur Guinness well in fairness to you listen you lived in front of Arthur Guinness's grave all your life. I did okay. for years. Beatrice. In front of you. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. top of mind. Top of mind. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't my fault. Thank you so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. You can get us on Instagram at Rosemary McCabe with an A in my Mac and Beatrice is at Beatrice McCabe with an A in her Mac. And we have a website, notwithoutmysis.com where you'll find show notes and transcriptions of every episode lovingly typed into the computer by moi. And oh, we also have an Instagram at notwithoutmysister. Oh, and... If you have two minutes and you'd like to leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, we love them. Don't we? We love, we them. love them. We do love them. We absolutely love them. I particularly love them. <laughs> she does particularly do. love them. Highlights, highlights of our days. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity. Sound design is by Don Kirkland. Original music is by Don Kirkland as well. Multi-talented. And our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Meet Your Maker. You'll find more great shows at thewarren.ie.